be here this morning. Great to have the kids with us and the youth. But the kids, exciting to be up here, isn't it? Our boys sometimes ask if they can stay up, you know, when they go down for the, the kids' work. So now you have the opportunity to find out what happens with the grown-ups when you go down to your kids' work. Um, so it's great to have you with, you, with us. Um, there's some things I want um, the kids to do in a little while, so um, be ready um, for when I call you to come out and do something for me. Um, but yeah, so uh, my name's Daniel. It's great to be here this morning. Um, the Bellarians are away on holiday, um, so they're not with us today. Sumbo's not feeling very well, so let's keep her um, in our prayers. Um, and great to have Philippa here this morning. We've missed Dave and Philippa, haven't we? Really missed them. Um, it's been, yeah. And so Dave's recovering well, isn't he? We saw him this week. He's doing, doing really well. It's nice to, really nice to see him, catch up with him. Um, but yeah, so nice to have Philippa here. Um, we really have genuinely missed him these last few weeks. Um, so great, yeah. So um, I, yeah, I'm Daniel, and um, I, um, what I do for a living, I work in um, property. I'm a portfolio manager in residential property, and I have worked um, in property all my adult life since the moment I left school. Pretty much the, the day after, um, I was working in property, and my whole career up to that point, it's always been um, in property. It's just I don't know, it's just something I've always um, been involved in. I'm just, I'm a very practical sort of person. I'm very hands-on. Um, so my, my career sort of um, panned out that way, I suppose. Um, and it's just something I've always, even as a young boy, it's just, I just loved building things. I'm, I was always building dens. Um, to my um, parents' dismay, a lot of the time, they'd come downstairs in the morning. I would have took all the, all the sofas apart and just be making these dens um, just so we could collapse them all again. Um, and when I was um, sort of eight, nine, ten years old, how many eight, nine, ten years old have we got here this morning? Give me a wave. Not you, Michael. You're not quite. Uh, great. There's a few. So when I was about, say, nine years old, when all my friends, um, they, what they really wanted for their birthdays or with their pocket money or for their Christmas presents, and they wanted the latest gadget or the latest game for their console or um, a football kit for the, the team they supported or the latest football, latest trainers, for me, what I really, really wanted when I was nine years old was a toolbox. It's just, it's just, it just, it was me. I just, to me, like getting the latest toy, like my friends, they would love just going around to JD Sports or to, you know, have a look at all the latest football games. For me, it was going to B&Q or going to, to work. I just love going to these places, looking at all the tools, looking at all these gadgets, looking at all these toolboxes. And then one day my parents got me this toolbox and it was like the best day. Um, not quite as good. I was thinking back this week. Not, I mean, that was good. But when I got my first hammer... I wasn't quite eight-year-old, I think my parents trusted me with a hammer, but when I got my first hammer, what a day that was. That was like the best gift, a hammer. Um, my parents must have been very, very brave giving me a hammer. So I'd be looking around for, for a job to do that involves a hammer, if I could put a, a nail up or, or whatever it was I could do with a hammer, break something down in the garden. Um, my parents had asked me to do chores. Daniel, can you hoover up? Can I do it with a hammer, mum? No. My dad asked me to clean the car. Can I do it with a hammer? Um, and it's just... It was just, you know, I always had an interest in tools, um, my toolbox. I was actually trying to, I was looking for my toolbox this week. I think I've thrown it away, which I was really gutted about because I thought I could have passed this on. This toolbox, like, passed it on to the next generation, um, but I'll have to buy them their own maybe. Um, and whenever we had contractors um, around the house to do any repairs um, to our house, 
Um, I would follow them around, around the house, see what tools they're using, try and suss out what they were doing. More often than not, they were coming around to do repairs to fix what I had broken. They had to come around. I once tried to change the light fitting in my bedroom, and I, t- I managed to turn off all the electric to the house. So we had to get an electrician around to uh, improve the work that I had done. Um, and I know, I've talked to a few people, I know there are many, many DIY enthusiasts out there. I know, I know I'm not the only one. And I, fa- I found, uh, I don't know if for others, but um, IKEA flat pack furniture, that's like the nemesis for DIY enthusiasts. Like if you can overcome certainly the more complex um, IKEA flat packs, then you're onto something. But I know um, we're not always the master builder we thought that we were, are we? If we're going to admit it this morning, we've, we've tried... Um, but sometimes the, it's the IKEA flat pack have got the better of us. We're not quite that master builder. Um, reminds me of Emmett, not the Emmett, um, but Emmett, who's the, the lead and the star of the Lego movie. And if we're able, we'll just play a quick clip. Entering your mind what? to prove that you have oh. the unlocked potential to be a master builder. Inside my brain right now? It's big. I must be smart. Mm-hmm. I'm not hearing a lot of activity here. I don't think he's ever had an original thought in his life. <laughs> That's not true. For instance, one time I wanted to have a bunch of my friends over to watch TV, not unlike this TV that just showed up magically. And not everybody can fit on my one couch. And I thought to myself, well, what if there was such a thing as a bunk bed, but as a couch? Introducing the double decker couch. So everyone could watch TV together and be buddies. That is literally the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Please, Milestone, let me handle this. That idea is just the worst. But Emmett, not quite the the master builder um, he thought he was. Um, you know, life can be like that sometimes, can't it? Um, Sometimes when we're we, um, going through life, we're trying to build our life, um, we're not quite maintaining or building the way we would like to, to build our life. It, um, even the news this week, we saw the, the, um, the awful bridge, the, the bridge that collapsed in Spain, and um, you know, just see that how it destroyed and affected lives. And one of the main reasons, poor maintenance um, because of that collapse. It's like the foolish builder. Kids, you, you should know this one. Um, Matthew 7, 26, the foolish builder, what did he build his house on? Sand, yes, well done, kids. I think there's a few adults shouted that out. Um, yes, when the rains came, the streams came, the wind came, what happened? The house collapsed. The house fell down. The house was destroyed because he built on sand. So this morning, I want us to look at um, how we can be a people that are well built And we're going to turn, um, if you can, turn to the book of Nehemiah. And we're going to just look in snippets um, at this story of Nehemiah um, and how we can apply that to us. And Nehemiah is a fantastic um, story. So under Nehemiah's leadership, um, we see that he takes on this building project that previously couldn't be done in 70 years. But Nehemiah manages to do it in 52 Days. And it really is a good story, and I, my prayer is that we can take out some bits of this story and see how we can apply it to our lives um, today. Now, before I start, kids, I brought some Lego with me. Could you help me build some stuff? Yeah? Some excitement? So if we could, Eli, could you just help me take this um, lid off? And if you want to come up while I continue talking, maybe take a handful of Lego. There's plenty of space here at the front. 
Just come and help yourself. He's going to be brave and come up. Here we go. And then we're going to look at what you've built in a few moments. I'm going to talk for a bit longer. And then we're going to see what um, exciting and colorful and fun things that you can build. So maybe take a handful of Lego. There we go. Just help yourself. There's some Duplo there as well. So maybe just take a handful and then find a space at the front. Older kids, you're welcome as well. There you go, grab some. And then in a few minutes, we'll have a look at what you've built. My, my favorite thing was always a spaceship. Well done, there's plenty there. So Nehemiah, rebuilding the tempo, temple without Lego, actual building materials. Um, and so Nehemiah 1 and verse 3, I'll just read that. Um, and it says, they said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. And the wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and the gates have been burned with fire. And when I heard these things, I sat down and wept. And for some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. You know, we often hear this phrase, um, acknowledging the problem is the first step to recovery. Um, I often say to, to Rosie and um, all the kids, you know, if they tell me, oh, I'm hungry or I'm tired or I'm bored, I'll say, well done, you've acknowledged your problem, now what are you going to do about it? Um, and, you know, so for ne Nehemiah here, he's acknowledged the problem, he's acknowledged the issue here, the temple walls are in ruins. He acknowledges it and he says he hears about it and he cries and he weeps and it says for some days he prays and he fasts. So when our life isn't being built the way it should, we have to be in a place where we're able to acknowledge that, to recognize that something is off kilter before we can do something about it. Sometimes, you know, there are things in our life that we can get used to, things that we don't even realize that are there, but we can... Um, put those off and actually they're affecting our life. They're affecting how we operate maybe on a day-to-day, -day, um, but we know uh, maybe even subconsciously there are things that we need to have some maintenance to or there are some building defects. You know, I want us to invite God to search our heart this morning, to have that sober assessment of ourselves, to think, yeah, are there things that I could do some maintenance on, that I could do some work on to be able to build my life in a way that brings glory to God? Maybe if you've been carrying around pain or hurt, or maybe it's in relationships, and maybe in marriage, or, or your siblings, your parents, or a close friend, those relationships that's been diminishing, but rather than dealing with it, you've been brushing it under the carpet and avoiding that conversation or confrontation. Maybe it's compromise. That one time you've, you've watched something or you've done something and now from that one time it's become a habit, it's become a way of life and your standard of clean living has lowered. You know there's a higher standard, you've tried to break free, we've heard God talk about that this morning, that, that breaking through but you've been struggling to break free and there's been a weighing down. Maybe for you it's been frustration, there's a sense of you know there's more for you in your job or, or, you, or your career, your life or, or your ministry, you know that you're not quite there, you've got these dreams, these aspirations, you've had these words from God but they're still unfulfilled, they've still not come to completion and that's left you feeling frustrated. Acknowledge those things, acknowledge them, don't be afraid but between you and God 
bring those things to mind this morning. Let's not put them off anymore. That we want to make those changes and do some maintenance on ourselves. So from acknowledgement, Nehemiah goes on to ownership. Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 4. Um, it says this, the king said to me, what is it that you want? And then I prayed to the God of heaven and I answered the king, if it pleases the king and your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city of Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild. So that I can rebuild. So Nehemiah takes ownership. He has a desire and he takes responsibility for the problem and for the issue that he sees in front of him. Reevaluate. Go back to the drawing board. Get out those blueprints again and begin to rebuild in a way that honors God, that enables you to carry the more of God. Do not settle. Do not settle. You know there is more for you. There is so much more for you. And sometimes we can get so settled, we can get into the status quo, and God wants to just shake us up this morning so that we have the capacity to be able to carry more of what God has for us. You know, we've not reached the capacity that God wants for us, not just personally, but as a church, there is more for us, but we have to be able to build our lives in a way that can handle more capacity and be able to enlarge and extend and build in a way that brings glory to God so we can receive more of Him and be able to give that more that God has for us in this city. So whether it's your age that's um, stopped you, your relationship status, your past problems or your current issues, today is the day to remind us to be able to build accordingly. Stir that desire. Like Nehemiah, he saw the problem and he could have just fasted and weeped and then got back to his day job where he was in exile. But he Something in him, there was a desire that rose up in him to say, no, I'm going to take ownership of this problem. I'm not just going to acknowledge it, but I'm going to own it to be able to deal with it and take responsibility for that problem. So from acknowledgement and ownership, we go on to a commissioning. Nehemiah 2 and verse 12 says, I had not told anyone what God, what God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem, what God had put in my heart to do. So Nehemiah acknowledges, actually, this was a calling from God. This was a commissioning from God. And in the same way, you know, you have been commissioned by God. Take a look at yourself this morning. You are a quality build. You are a grand design. You are a masterpiece. God has signed you off. He has authorized that work to go ahead when he created you and made you. And we know, don't we, the Bible says that when he saw you, your, his creation, he saw that it was very good. You are his masterpiece. And you're a masterpiece for those around you. You know, people will marvel at you. People will be blessed looking at you because you are such a masterpiece. And then when we became Christians... We then co-partnered with God to be able to co-build with him and have our lives built up in a way where we can join with God and see all that God has for us and to be able to build according to his patterns. Kids, how are you getting on? Wow, there's some, some technical stuff. Yeah, some masterpieces there. Well done. Brilliant. So I just want us to look at um, two ways in which we can build. And then we'll have a little look and see how these buildings are getting on. Is that okay, kids? Great. Well done. 
So we've looked at um, acknowledgement, we've looked at taking responsibility, we've looked at how we then are commissioned by God to co-build with him, just like Nehemiah took on this building project that once would have taken 70 years, he did in 52 days, Um, and so, you know, that was co-laboring with God. And so my first point of how we can build our lives, once we've been able to acknowledge those issues, um, first point is get your foundations right. Get your foundations right. There was a study um, on the uh, BBC um, in 2013 um, where they looked at um, reasons why buildings collapse and buildings fall down. And they, they came to five points. And the first point was foundations failing. That was the number one reason buildings collapse was foundations or weak foundations, foundations failing. Um, there was this 12-story um, condo building, a 12-story residential building in, in China um, that collapsed. And there's, if any building geeks out there, there's loads of case studies online. Um, this is one that I found. Um, and again, they, they looked into this reason why the building collapsed. And their conclusion was it was the foundations that were failing. Um, and they realized that the builders were trying to cut corners, trying to cut down costs. And so they built um, hollow pilings in the concrete. And also they didn't put any steel bars in the foundation. So these things trying to um, cut costs. And because of that, the foundations failed. And on this occasion, the entire building just collapsed um, and landed on its, on its backside. Um, and so, yeah, not quite worth cutting the corners on that one, was it? Um, so Matthew um, 16, Jesus asks the disciples... Um, Who do you say I am? And Peter, um, it's a well-known verse, Peter responds and says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. You are the Messiah. And so Jesus says, this is not revealed to you by flesh and blood, um, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, Peter, that on this rock, I will build my church. So what is this rock that the church that you and I are to be built on? It's a revelation of Jesus. A revelation of Jesus. We've already talked about Matthew 7, the foolish builder, um, but it also says, says, anyone who hears the words of Jesus is like the wise builder who built his house on a rock. Anyone who hears the words of Jesus. A revelation of Jesus, the words of Jesus, a strong foundation. 1 Corinthians 3.11 says, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one that's already laid, which is Jesus Christ. We've sung about him this morning. We've declared his name this morning. We've recognized that there's power in the name of Jesus. And the Bible tells us that is the only foundation. That's what it says in 1 Corinthians 3. That's the only foundation. No other foundation will do. All of the ground is sinking sand. There is no other foundation other than the name of Jesus. Who is Jesus to you? Where is Jesus in your life right now? Is is he your priority Is he first place in your life? Where is Jesus in your life right now? You know, a few years back, um, I was going through some counseling. It was a few years back now. And uh, this amazing counselor, um, real, um, just a spiritual, um, the spiritual woman as well as um, a counselor. An amazing, amazing woman. um, And really helped me significantly. She's now like my spiritual mother. I text her now and again um, just to, to keep in contact with her. Um, and this one time, many years ago, um, I was dealing with some, some hurt and pain, and she was able to help me acknowledge it and all the things we've talked about in Nehemiah, take responsibility, and then be commissioned to do something about it. And there was this one time, we were having um, this, this uh, sort of towards the end of counseling, we were having this time where um, we were just um, having this time of prayer. 
And um, as we're having this time of prayer, um, we've been talking about these issues of this pain and hurt that I'd been carrying 20 years ago, so many, many years ago when I was a youngster. Um, And as we're praying um, and we're just looking at this issue, she says to me um, in this prayer, where is Jesus right now? Where is Jesus right now in, in this issue? And my first reaction was, what on earth is this wishy-washy, emotional um, prayer? Like for me, I'm used to like, in the name of Jesus, we just cast it out, all authority. Um, but she was just in this, in this small moment, she was like, where is Jesus in this pain and this hurt? So once I got over my initial reaction, um, instantly I have this picture, I have this vision of this, this situation from when I was a young boy, um, and Jesus being in that situation, um, and I was able to see, she, she like placed Jesus on the scene, and um, you know, and, and I was able to overcome, and Jesus was able to show me that actually he was interested in healing that hurt and pain from those many years ago, and through that counseling, through going through forgiveness, um, I was completely set free, and you know what, from that moment, my life has been completely different. Um, You know, there's been other things I've had to go through. But from that moment, for me, my life completely transformed. My life completely, um, I was set free from that. And I was walking in forgiveness. And because of that foundation, because of that moment, because someone put me aside and said, where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? Even in that hurt and pain, even in that inner world, even that seemingly insignificant part of your life, where is Jesus in that? Where is Jesus in that? Where is Jesus in those areas in your life where you've not quite reached fulfillment, where you've not been fully restored, where you know there's more for you, wherever that is in the various examples that I've given this morning, where is Jesus? Let him be your foundation. Let him be your healer. Let him be that voice that you can hear and listen to and speak into those situations. Okay, my second point um, is that we um, build together. How do we build well? Good foundations and that we build together. Um, So this story of Nehemiah, um, the Israelites, they begin to rebuild the walls. um, And because they're getting on with this work, because these efforts are becoming visible, they're um, attracting attention from the opposition. The enemy starts to come um, and to have a look at what they're doing. And they they, um, start to get insulted. These enemies start to ridicule them, taunt them, accuse them. These feeble Jews, what are they doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring these stones back to life, these, this, this heap of rubble? What are they building? Even a fox climbing up, it, up on it would break down this wall of stones. I mean, they pull out the big guns here. I mean, that's a proper diss, isn't it? Really dissing them. Um, they got burned, as my boys would say. Um, But they're really, I mean, they're getting all these accusations. They're being called road builders, cowboys, trying to plant doubt on their design, um, spreading these lies to stop them extending, to stop them from achieving their end goal, to stop them fulfilling the job that they've been commissioned to do. So what was their strategy? What was, for them to continue their task, what was their strategy to combat the lies and the insults of the enemy? Um, And in chapter 4, it says that Nehemiah posted them in units. It says that he posted them in communities. Verse 13, it says he posted them in families. In families. 
quite strange, really. It wasn't that they changed their mission or um, instead they go into battle or maybe let's stop building, wait for a quiet season, let's wait for a peaceful season, then we'll continue rebuilding. No, they stuck to their commission and said, we'll continue rebuilding, we'll continue working, we'll continue advancing on the project. How will we do that? We'll do it by being together. We'll do it by being in close family units. We'll do it by being in community. And that's how they can achieve and how they achieved this building project in miraculous timing. In fact, in chapter 3, you can read it for yourself. It goes on and it says that they... um, They built next to each other. It goes on and on. I haven't got time to read it. It says they built next to this person. It says next to them, so-and-so built. Next to them, so-and-so built. And you can just imagine these family units, these community units. It says the father and their daughters. It says this this family. It says this home. They came out together next to each other, family by family, community by community. They stood next to one another, guarding one another, protecting one another, next to one another. were able to build and they were able to achieve what God had set out to achieve for them. Kids, how are we doing? Could we have a look at a little bit of what you've been building? Could you show us? Could you maybe if, uh, oh brilliant, a man on a horse, that's good. We've got a spaceship, well done Eli. Let's see, do you want to hold it up for us? Do you want to stand up and hold up? Brilliant, that's really good. Wow, very good. That's like a monster truck. What else have we got? What have, you, what have you done here? Wow, very good. It's even got weapons on there. Pardon? Random stuff. There you go. Well, can you stand up? Because I really like this one. Could I hold it? Wow, look at this. That's very impressive. Oh, don't want to break it. That is hard to describe what it is, but I like it. I like it. Well done. Thank you. Really good building, guys. Wow. Do you know what's fascinating looking at all this, the way, the way you've built, um, is how much they're, they're interlocked with one another. Like this one here. Could I hold it again a minute? Because I really do like this one. And it's so similar for all the other ones that I've built. Like, can you see how they've interlocked them? Like, it's, it, it appears like it's the only way you can build Lego. I know from my history when I was a kid and sometimes I've grown up. Um, oh, sorry. There we go. Put it back on. Um, But can you see how they're interlocked together? Like if they weren't interlocked like that, I don't think it would be as strong, would it? I don't think it would be as secure if they weren't joined together. Are we getting the point? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Well done. Well done, all of you. Interlocked. See the, the strength that there is when we're interlocked together, when we come together. Norman built next to Miriam, Ruth besides Doris, Naomi built next to Lisa, the Sparks family next to the Cunningham family, next to one another, with one another, supporting one another. Who are you standing next to? Who is speaking life and bringing you encouragement? Who's bringing you hope when you get down? Who's bringing you that peace when the fears of life creep in. When we get so close to a problem, this is uh, so often can be the case, we get so close to a problem, it's difficult to see beyond. Who is it that's pulling you away? Who is it that's speaking into your life? Who is it you're stood next to to say, actually everything's going to be okay. That problem, let's bring perspective to that issue. It's not as bad as you seem and we have a God who is greater than that problem. Who is it speaking and standing with you? Get connected 
get joined together. These bricks or the bricks that build the house that you live in back at home, those bricks weren't designed to be on their own. They were designed to be built on one another. They were designed to be connected to one another jointly and held together. And it is the same for us. We are called to be joined together, to be interlocked together. We would not be able to function if I was just a single piece of Lego, a single piece of Duplo. It wouldn't work. The only way we can be effective is if we're joined and linked together. I saw this week, um, I saw an article to say that um, the, the series of Friends is the number one trend, the number one streaming um, show at the moment. So even though, you know, companies are, uh, pl- are spending millions of pounds coming up with all the latest TV shows, Friends, 14 years old Friends, is still the most streaming um, thing out there. Stop watching Friends and start making some. Social media, great, it's great, but we don't stop at social media. We don't stop, we weren't designed, God didn't create us to just tweet or just like or whatever you do on Instagram. It's okay, it's good, we can connect on a level, but we don't stop there. We have to connect on a deeper level. The enemy would try to isolate us, would try to prevent us from connecting, to try and keep us lonely um, and try and keep us apart from one another. It's not who we are called to be. We're called to be together. Don't stop at social media. We must remain united in families, in our connect groups, in our ministry teams as we serve in the week or serve here on Sunday mornings. There are ways in which we connect. There are ways in which we support one another and we stand with one another as we're serving. Do not try and build alone. It won't work. We need a support system. So Emmett, we saw Emmett at the start, he was this apprentice, master builder, not quite achieving what he set out to achieve. Um, Let's see how Emmett got on, if we're able to show this other clip. Let's finish what has been started. Let's finish what has been started. God has done an amazing work when he created us. When he made us, the, uh, the master builder made these masterpieces all around this room. Fantastic, amazing people. Our kids, the youth. God, when God created each and every one of us, he was so pleased when he made us. Yet, life can sometimes come along and maybe there's chips on, our, on ourselves. Or maybe sometimes we need some maintenance or there are things. that sometimes we don't even know they're there subconsciously. They're just there and we've just got into the habit of living with those issues. God is here and he is with us and we co-build with him and we have been given the ability. We all have the ability, just like Emmett. We all have the ability. God is in us. Christ is in us. We're filled with the Holy Spirit and co-laboring and co-working with God. We're able to bring that restoration in. We're able to be reminded of the purposes God has for us. We're able to see that healing in our lives and to be able to be well-built and be able to function and be able to find that fulfillment and be able to carry out all the purposes and dreams that God has for us. Amen. Hey, let's, um, if the worship team could come up. And uh, hey, kids, you've done a great job. Do you want to just um, leave your great buildings here and go back to your moms and dads? Don't take the Lego with you. See if you're stuffing it in the pocket. Um, Thank you, guys. And then maybe we can have a look at your designs when the meeting's finished.
Some great jobs. Well done, guys. Well done, kids. And let me just read out this last verse, um, Ephesians 4.16. Hey, let's stand together. We're just going to sing a song uh, in response to, to finish. Ephesians 4.16. For here, from him, from him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Every supporting ligament. I know it's really, really cheesy, but if you could just put your hand on uh, the person's shoulder next to you and just be that supporting ligament. Be that supporting ligament. Because the Bible here says that this is the only way we can grow. This is the way in which we can build ourselves up in love is by having that supporting ligament for those that are growing businesses, for those that are growing families, for those that are growing in their ministries. Like what is it that you're building? What is it that you want to have on a strong foundation? What is it for you? The Bible says it's through every supporting ligament that we can grow up as each part does its work. Ephesians 4, 16, as every part does its work. What part can you play as you're connecting with someone even now? Like what's the part you can play maybe for that person or somebody else in the room? We need you to play your part. We need you to be on that firm foundation. When we worship and we went after the name of Jesus this morning, there's a reason for that because he is the only foundation. He is the only name. He is the only person we can build on. That's why we worship every Sunday. That's why we go after Jesus. Every supporting ligament. Just let that strong, that strength come, that strong ligament, that strong support system. Just receive what you need to receive as someone is laying their hands on you. Maybe for you, you felt that opposition, as we saw with Nehemiah, the, the, the ridicule, the insults, the lies, the whispers, the disses that he received from the opposition. Maybe for you, you've been feeling that opposition. You've tried, you've tried to do it. You, you're faithful in reading the word. You're faithful in declaring the promises of God, but you still yet, you're still unfulfilled. You've still got things in you where there's maybe hurt and pain, similar to my testimony, where you know it's in there. You're not quite sure how to navigate it, how to get professional help, but you know it's there and it needs to be dealt with. Let that support come because you know the enemy cannot and will not come against you when you're stood together, when we're held together, when there's a strong support system. That's why we pursue connect groups. We go after summer nights of fun, big church weekends. We do that because it's a, a fantastic way of being able to stand against the work of the enemy because we're held together. We stay together. We're stronger together. Amen. So we're going to sing this response song uh, before we close the meeting. Kids, thank you so much um, for listening as well and youth.